everybody, welcome on this Monday. I hope you had a great Mother's Day yesterday. We love, love, love our moms. Let us know today where you're watching from. As always, stick a prayer request there in the comment section on YouTube or Facebook if you do have a prayer request. There's also a prayer wall too, which I'm sure our uh, moderators or whatever they're called, host, will put out there for you too if you need more private prayer. Uh, and I want to encourage you to go to that and, and put a prayer there if you, if you feel that that's a better idea for you personally. And, and just so you know, we've had hundreds and hundreds of people go to that private prayer wall during this to, to, to get prayer. And you will get prayer if you put it there. But we don't know what to pray for unless you tell us. So please tell us, all right? And everybody else, just give some love and encouragement in the comments. You guys have been doing a great job at this. And it is working. So many people, so many people have talked about how special this time is at eight in the morning every, every single day. I've had so many people write in and uh, say, please, please keep on doing this forever and ever. Okay, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. <clears throat> I think, um, you know, when things go back to semi-normal, and kids are back in school or people are getting ready to go to work and they got to leave the house. I, I don't know. I just don't know how this is going to work. So, but we are, we're open to wherever the Lord leads us on this. All right. But the, the thing that happens oftentimes when people ride in to give encouragement is one of the things they, one of the big things that they mention about this 8 a.m. devotional is how great it is to see everybody else. I thought I was going to say me. Everybody else, like the community that has happened at 8 a.m. every single morning has been a godsend for so many people. So just you showing up, man, showing up in the comments, uh, showing some love to people has been uh, a prayer answered for some folks who are really, really feeling it. Okay. And that's what we're supposed to be about anyways being together. And as I keep telling you guys, we're going to make it through this best ways together. Going to make it through this. Best way to make it through this is together. So join us all this week, 8 a.m., right? <clears throat> okay, grab a Bible. We're going to be in uh, Romans chapter 11 today. If you were here with us on Saturday, we, uh, we started this chapter and we talked about how there would be a remnant, a remnant of Israel that would be saved. If you don't know what a remnant is, it's a smaller version of the whole thing. So you got a ton of people. There's going to be some people that are going to get it. They're going to be saved. And that's what the first portion uh, of this chapter talked about. <clears throat> Talking about how there was always a remnant, always a remnant, always a remnant, and there's a remnant now that will be saved. But then you get over to verse 25. You get over verse 25 in this, in, 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 in my Bible at least, and the heading the heading of this section of scripture, which is not actual scripture. It's just a, a man thought up inserted heading. So it's, it's not, you know, from the, the lips of God here. The, the heading says, all Israel will be saved. All Israel will be saved. Okay, so we talked about a remnant in the first part of this chapter. Now we're hearing that all Israel will be saved. Well, let me read some of this text and then I'm going to try to answer some questions today. All right, Romans chapter 11, going to begin at verse 25. Hopefully you're following along in your own Bible so you can see it as well. Paul says, I, I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery. There's a mystery out there. 
But he says, it's not a mystery. I don't want you to be ignorant of the mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. Israel, 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 talking about the people of Israel, has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. Okay, are you thinking as we go here? Uh, till the full number of Gentiles has come in, come into what? Come into, as we talked about on, on, on Saturday, the family tree, other places in the book of Romans, um, uh, uh, as sons and daughters of Abraham, okay? Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. All, all, all Israel will be saved. Now let's stop there and talk about it. This passage is uh, one of those passages that has been, you know, hotly debated by Bible teachers and scholars for about uh, 2000 years, ever since the original recipients in Rome stood up and read it. And honestly, this is why I took this passage of scripture in the schedule of morning devotionals to teach on, because I love passages like this, because I have to, I have to dig and I have to study so that I can give a simple answer. By the way, it takes a lot of work to explain things in a simple way. Okay. So I'm going to try, I'm going to try and hopefully I did my work, but <clears throat> So the question is, what did Paul mean exactly when he says that all of Israel will be saved? Does that mean if you're of Jewish descent, that you are a Hebrew, that, that you automatically get a pass to heaven? Well, the short answer here is no. And here's why I say that, because what that would mean in the second half of chapter 11 is that Paul would have contradicted what Paul said through the guidance and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter one and in, and, and in Romans chapter two and, and in Romans chapter three and in Romans chapter four and in Romans chapter five and in Romans chapter six and in Romans chapter seven and Romans chapter eight, Romans chapter nine, and especially Romans chapter 10 and the first half of Romans chapter 11. In fact, if you were with us the other day, don't ask me which day, because I'm forgetting days now. But we were in chapter 10, verse one, where Paul said, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for Israel, uh, for Israel is this, that they may be saved, that they may be saved. By the way, I preached on that passage when I was 19 years old. And the question is, why would you pray that someone gets saved. Here's why you would pray that someone gets saved, because you know they're lost. You know they're lost. And why would Paul be praying for them to be saved if one chapter later he announces that all, effectively, all of them would be saved? Like 100% of them, all Israel will be saved. Why was he praying so hard in chapter 10 that they would be saved? <clears throat> now again, as we say at this church, and it is true, the Bible does not contradict itself. The Bible does not contradict itself because the Bible was written by the same author, God, and God does not contradict himself. So <clears throat> if you're in a passage and it has the appearance of contradicting another passage, just know that it is not. And what needs to happen is you need to dig a little deeper to understand. 
Now, I'm not going to say that right now I'm about to offer up an answer that people have been looking for for 2,000 years, and they should tune into this broadcast so that they won't hotly debate this anymore. But I do think, <clears throat> pardon me, I do think there is a way to look at this text that, in my opinion, makes perfect sense. Um, here's the picture that, that Paul has painted in this previous verse and, and, and verses. As a, as a nation, in large part, and as individuals, God's chosen people, Israel, have refused to believe in Jesus as the Messiah and that he alone is the way to be saved. But Israel's rejection of Christ actually created room, room, as we said on Saturday on the family tree, it created room for the door of the gospel to be opened up to the rest of the world, meaning to the Gentiles. Now, if you've been with us, then you'll remember that the church at Rome had a lot of Gentiles, originally founded by Jewish folks who got saved perhaps on the day of Pentecost and went back to the Rome. <clears throat> they then got kicked out of Rome by Claudius. And now many of them are back uh, three years after Claudius died. And when this letter arrives, this letter shows up at a church that had grown. It was you know, a, a significant church made up of basically uh, mainly, mainly Jewish folks. They are out of town. The church then boom, grows, uh, uh, made up now of Gentiles. Now these uh, Jewish folks come back and what's happening is they are learning to play together nicely. And let me, let me read these two verses again. And as I do, just keep that in mind, what I just told you. And then let me show you something, all right? I'm going to read, go back and read verse 25. <clears throat> I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may, so that you may not be conceited. Uh, Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number, full number of Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all of Israel will be saved. Another, <clears throat> another translation, um, says the fullness of Gentiles, a fullness of Gentiles has come in. So there's not a number here. The word, the word for fullness here is actually defined as an abundance, an abundance, boom. So you got a lot of them. So uh, God allowed the Jewish folks' hearts to be hardened, but he used that time period where they weren't showing up for uh, his gospel to save a bunch of Gentile folks. So in that time period, when, when Jewish folks were kind of hard-hearted toward the gospel, Gentile folks, man, they found Christ. The Apostle Paul's been preaching to a lot of Gentiles. He calls himself the Apostle of the Gentiles. Lots and lots of Gentiles finding Christ. And then boom, now here comes uh, additional Jewish folks getting saved as well. I'm not just talking here about the church in Rome. I'm talking about the way that the gospel spread everywhere. It would start with Jewish folks. And oftentimes Paul in his early ministry, his uh, uh, missionary trips would go and he would preach in or outside of the, the Jewish synagogues and uh, uh, Jewish folks would get saved. So it went to them first, but they rejected the message. Um, and, and so uh, God, uh, God impressed upon the heart of Paul that he should go to the Gentiles. Boom, the door opens for Gentiles. They start coming into the kingdom of God, being grafted into the family tree of Abraham in droves. And then now other Jewish folks are increasingly getting saved as well. So 
it feels like at this point, I still haven't answered the question, why did he say all Israel will be saved? So here's my theory. This whole time for 10 chapters, he's been telling Gentiles and Jewish believers, you guys are in the same family. In Christ, you're the same. In fact, a couple of times in the book of Romans, he says that all of us are children of Abraham. In what we studied the other day, being grafted into the, the family tree in uh, chapter four, verse 16, he says, we're all children of Abraham through faith in Jesus Christ. He gives that same speech uh, to the church at Galatia in the book of Galatians, so, which means this, I'm a child of Abraham. I'm a child of Abraham, not because I'm Jewish, but because I was adopted into the family through faith in Jesus Christ. So spiritually, I can say, I'm a child of Abraham through faith in Jesus. I, and you're a child of Abraham through faith in Jesus. You can say that because that's what the Bible says. That's what God says about people who weren't even from a, a Jewish lineage, who weren't part of that family tree. They can now say, I'm a part of this family tree. <clears throat> I'm a child of Abraham because I got grafted into the tree. I got adopted into this family through faith in Jesus Christ. So you think about giving this message to this church in Rome, very diverse group of people. Think about standing in front of them, or think about writing a letter as was the case with the Apostle Paul. And, and, and he's going back and forth, as we said in the introductory sermon to this, to this book, he's going back and forth. You feel him talking to the Jewish folks or the previously uh, the folks who previously practiced Judaism, and he's talking to the, the Gentiles. He says to the Jewish folks, you guys tried by your good works to get into the grace of God. Didn't work, did it? And you guys, you Gentiles, man, you are wild, man. You're far from God. But guess what? You all get in by faith in Jesus Christ. He says, so he says to the Jewish folks again and again throughout this book, uh, Jewish folks, it's not the law. It's not behaving that gets you in the good grace of God. It's by faith. And Gentile folks, it's not, it's not trying to clean up your act uh, by your own power that gets you into the kingdom of God. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. And, and when you do that, you become, wait, 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 you become part of this family. Here we go. All of you are children of Abraham. And, and listen to this now. All children of Abraham would be children of Israel all, not just the Jewish folks, all Israel will be saved, which includes the Gentile folks as well, because we're all part of Israel, part of that lineage now. Now, let me read it again, one more time, with this in mind, and I'm gonna read verse 25, and then I'm just gonna keep flowing into the rest of these verses, just so you can feel it, okay? I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. All y'all will be saved. As is written, <clears throat> the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. All this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies for your sake. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. That's a, a nod back to the family line reasoning that we talked about on, I think, Thursday of last week. Don't ask me when it was. 
Uh, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. It's more about God choosing a family line to bring about the birth of his son Jesus into the human race. Verse 29, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable, just as you were at one time disobedient to God and have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience. So they too have now become disobedient in order that they may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy on you. So both the Gentiles and the Jewish folks have had times of great disobedience both are in need of grace. God used the time when the other group was misbehaving to reach out to the opposite group. Verse 32, for God, ha for God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. We talked about that in chapter one. Um, I guess maybe the first or second devotion. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting all this now. Uh, where God let people go deep into sin, deep into sin in hopes that they would wake up and see their need for salvation. And then we come to the doxology, which basically means blessing. This is a passage that I have been reading and quoting at the end of the sermon each and every week. I'm doing so because I love it. And uh, it is a blessing. So what I want to do is I want to read it one time straight through and then I want to circle back and I want to show you a couple things and then we'll be done. All right. If you're following along, we are in verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Now check this out. Back to verse 33 again. Oh, the depth of the riches. Uh, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. I'm, I'm, I am thinking... <laughs> Because in all honesty, when you look at this, it feels like, you know, we were talking about Jews and Gentiles. We're talking about uh, all of those people making up the, the, the same family tree, being in this, the same family together by faith. And, and then Paul just, it, there's what it feels like anyway. It feels like, well, where, where are you going with this, Paul? You're giving a benediction in the middle of this. But I, I'm thinking what is happening here is that Paul is knowing through the Holy Spirit's guidance, that as he writes this, that there are some people in the room who don't like it, who don't believe it. They may not like God's ideas at this point. So uh, Paul says, God's wisdom, his judgment is beyond anything that you or I know. You think you know why God does what he does or what he does or or why he decides to do some of the things he does do, or why he decides not to do some of the things that you think he should do. You think you know, forget about it. You don't know, I don't know. Verse 34, <clears throat> who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has, who has been his counselor? Great question. Meaning no one has ever given advice to God. 
and it's not gonna happen. I can try to tell God what to do or how to do something, <clears throat> but that's um, very unnecessary actually, because God already knows everything about everything. He doesn't need my advice or my counsel. I need his. Verse 35, <clears throat> who has ever given to God that God should repay them? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them as in God doesn't owe me anything. I could work, I could work 24 seven, 365. I could give him every ounce of everything that I have. <laughs> Truth is God wouldn't owe me another, he wouldn't owe me a cent. He wouldn't owe me a cent. And I think that what Paul is doing here, he's just right-sizing our view, okay? Here's us, here's us. I can't do my arms wide enough. And here's God, here's God. So big, so awesome, so terrifying, so loving, so all-consuming. And really what needs to happen is you and I don't need to tell him what to do. We need to get on board with him. We need to get on board with him. Verse 36. For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. And all the people said, amen. Man, I love that. I love that. Okay, I need to close. Got 99 things on my plate today, so let me pray for you. Um, and, and then I'm just going to pray that you have a blessed day, man. Blessed day. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for being this all-consuming fire. And yet, simultaneously, be all-consuming with your love for us. I don't even know, God, why you let us hang out with you. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me, God, how you even have time for us. But I thank you. I thank you. I hope that today, Lord, I have rightly divided your word that I've said only what you want me to say, Lord. If not, I pray that you fix it. Um, I thank you for your son, Jesus, through whom we find salvation and forgiveness for our sins, something that not one of us in this virtual room right now deserves, but all of us who have it are deeply grateful for. I pray, God, that you would heal the sick, protect those who are well. As always, Lord, I pray that you'd make up the difference for those who might be feeling uh, the struggle right now. <clears throat> pray that you would encourage the, the weary, give strength to the weak, give wisdom to our leaders, guidance and protection to those who are on the front lines. I pray, God, that you would heal our land, Lord. We need you big time, God. And I humbly ask this in the name of your wonderful, wonderful son, Jesus. And again, all the people said, amen. Love you guys so, so very, very much. Uh, praying for you, praying that God does some great things in your life today and throughout this week. Tomorrow, believe it or not, if I got my numbers right, will be devotional number 50. Number 50. Hope that you can be here. God bless. Have a great day. Bye.